Welcome back to another episode of Not Enough Asian by 1.5 Chinese Podcast. What? What? Mishan. Huh? Introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Mishan. Hi, I'm Joyce. <laughs> <laughs> and again, we have to introduce ourselves again in case yeah. you guys forget who we are. Just to, just in case your memory is bad. Mm-hmm. So we're back with another episode and this time around, we're going to talk about something less, less serious. serious. <laughs> As promised. Yeah, so we're going to talk about work travel part 2. I think we did one last year, very briefly. Very briefly. Yeah. We were just recounting. Do we have enough stories for work travel now? I think we failed to mention that we probably have not even actually gone into the actual travel and all the experiences part. Yeah, I think the last time was just telling basically, essentially, work travel is not fun. Yeah, the, the highlight was not fun. Yeah, but I think this, this time we'll share a bit more about, you know, what are the... First, the first destination we've been with work and how did we get about to go mm. and how come, you know, we have so many travel stories and what are the best and worst experiences and what are things to look out for for work travel. Yeah. I think these are the key highlights for today. So definitely more lighthearted and uh, a little bit less um, serious. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what's your first work travel I think I shared this in the last podcast as well my first work travel destination was to Dubai mm. I think it was for like a week or so and I stayed at the Atlantis you're welcome <laughs> thanks Joyce this was on our agency day so this was like a personal account my friend who gave us the job and I didn't even get to go <laughs> and I didn't even know they chose the palm and I was like what? then she came back and Meishan came back and said oh it's the palm it's so nice then I was like Wait a minute, you mean they actually chose it? Because remember when they selected us mm. for the job, they actually had a very urgent site recce. Yes. You had like a two-day... Or three-day, I can't remember, but I think it's the Just new, to see like a few... Few sites. Yeah. Few hotels and stuff. So yeah, I got to stay at Atlantis Ooh. and the best part was there was the water park Ooh. that was free for all the And you each had one room and a very fabulous room. I had to share. Oh, you had to share with your male boss. Yes, dog. but which is fine because the room was very, very big. Yeah. And... I really enjoyed myself during the trip, not the working part, but that also taught me a little bit more about But this the, set a very unrealistic expectations for work trip for I, you. I didn't. Moving down the road. No, but the thing is that moving down the road, I was I still stayed in five-star hotels. The next one was in Singtu. And then the rest of the team, I remember, because they always have to take like budget airlines or something. Yeah, they, and they always stay at some... Budget hotel. Chak hotel. Yeah, yeah, but from the moment I got Dubai as the first work destination till now, I have never stayed. Lucky bitch. Yeah, I'm really very lucky. <laughs> my, my first work trip was Norway. Whoa. It was a very short notice. Okay. It was like one week. It's like, okay, you're going. I don't even have a winter coat back then. Oh my god. I have to go and buy the winter coat over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, think of how to layer everything to keep myself warm. That's crazy. The eh? time difference was mad because it's like super far away. I know. I knew we have to transit Thailand. And then from Thailand, it was a 12-hour flight. Mm. So total is about 15 hours uh, excluding transit. my god. Yeah, and first time to Europe. First everything lah. Then uh, stay in Holiday Inn because expensive ma. Yeah. Then currency is Norwegian Krone which you cannot find here. Mm. You have to go to Norway to change the currency. And True. It was a work trip which is uh, every day I think maybe kind of like wake up at 7, have breakfast, go to site one whole day then come back at 5. Then oh after, my that, God. after 5 go have drinks with customer. And because of winter in Norway that time, mm-hmm. uh, the time difference is very big. At the same time, 
um, the day is short. The day is the shade day is no the day the day is long. Oh, okay. For some reason, the day is long. Okay. And I remember, um, remember there was a bomb situation in Norway back in twenty ten or something. Don't remember. We were like two streets down, and we had dinner just a couple of months before that Norway bombing thing. Okay. And I remember standing outside, the restaurant, mm-hmm. and we were running because it was so cold. <laughs> the temperature dipped so low at night that we were just freezing. We were running mm. and chittering at the same time. But we took a uh, we took like buses to go out there. there. The mm. cab was very expensive. I think from airport to hotel maybe forty five minutes is like three hundred. Yeah, usually it's quite expensive in yeah, and, we ca- and we were carrying shit tons of stuff So <sighs> Yeah, so we had like A lot of drinks I remember we had a lot of drinks And I was so like <laughs> Drunk and everything Yeah, I was like How did we even get back last night That kind, you know With my boss <laughs> Thought of us share a room So it was like An interesting work experience la. Mm. Yeah, but So f- It was the one of the furthest destinations I have to go for work la. Mm. Yeah My furthest so far is I just came back from an inspection in July. That was the longest travel hours I had because I had a very long layover in in Amsterdam towards when I was going up to Iceland. So that was the longest travel, but otherwise all quite okay. Yeah, but now traveling for you is like taking a cab ma, because you work you work in the travel industry, right? That's true, but yeah. sometimes it's still very tiring because I, I really hate packing. And you pack already, you still need to unpack. Correct. And then you pack again. This is where a helper will be nice to help me unpack. But there isn't, laundry. there's only one person helper, that's which is called Meishan. Yes. Okay. The person that's going is Meishan, the person that's packing is Meishan, the Everything person that's unpacking is Meishan. Everything is just you. <laughs> yeah, but because of this kind of hectic travelling or like anxiety towards going for mm. a work trip, because it's different from a personal trip. Yeah, for, for sure. a personal trip, you never bring anything, you just buy. You have time to buy, you have time to mm. deal with the situation. If you go for a work trip and you don't pack sufficiently, you're not dressed up appropriately mm. or forgot to bring this, well, you have no time to go and deal with the logistics yep. of it. That's the scary part. Mm. And I always remember, I always have anxiety sometimes uh, dreaming that I'm in a winter destination and my luggage is all summer clothes. Oh my god. Yeah, it's like, you know the the dream where you are having exam, you're sitting in yeah. the middle of the hall, then you realise you forgot to study. Or like or you, like you forgot paper. there is a second page, that kind of thing. Oh my god, that kind yeah, of anxiety. Yeah, yeah, that kind of anxiety. I, I, sometimes I have that. Especially yeah. post-COVID when you haven't travelled. Mm. Like, the last time I travelled for fun was to Germany. Mm. Germany, Austria. It was a four destination. So we did Vienna, Salzburg, and then Munich. Mm. Then... It was the, again, for the longest time I haven't been to Europe. So maybe like 10 years I haven't been to Europe, mm-hmm. something like that. Then it was um not winter, which is I'm not used to it. I'm always going in winter for some reason. And mm-hmm. I enjoy the winter, less crowded and everything. Um, It was for autumn. Yeah, then the, the temperature now changed very drastically. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be 15 degrees. It was 25 my god, that's really warm though. Yeah, so I maxed up all my packing and all my winter stuff, right? Because I don't want to... Only to be... Yeah, in a only bamboozled eh. That I needed like sleeveless and short. I need to go and buy sleeveless tank top and everything eh. I was so pissed off. I didn't sign up for... I signed up for like chilly weather. I didn't sign up for like freaking Singapore weather eh. Mm. Yeah. Okay, that's like, what's your most memorable work trip destination? Or like just work trip in general? work trip ah. mm. a few ah. but I think in my early days uh, after Norway the f- another first destination that I went was Las Vegas mm. yeah I was sent to do research for like a certain 
show that we are going to pitch for. Okay. And I didn't. At first, I've never been to the states, so it's my first first trip to the states. Again, it was a. This is even shorter notice. This is like maybe three days notice. That. Oh my god. That, then that three days is like you're going and not going and not going. Then it's like okay, tomorrow you're going. Okay. Yeah. Then back then, I mean. We have credit card, but our limit is very low, ah. Yeah. So I have to bring my credit card. I didn't have a company corporate card. My flight was booked by my boss, which is very suspicious. If you think about it from international travel mm-hmm. standpoint, from her own corporate, uh, her, not even her corporate her own personal credit card. So it was like, janky janky, ah. Then I booked my own hotel, very last minute, right? So I'm not sure if I wanted to save money or I just wanted convenience, but. I booked a motel. Okay. Along the other side of the street because oh my God. the convention center is at the end of the street, mm-hmm. and it's on the right side. Mm-hmm. The left side is where the street is, where you walk down all the hotels, right mm-hmm. where Mandalay Bay starts. Okay. Or Win was the Win was the first, the furthest away. So I was at the motel, and then back then I also watched a lot of US drama. So I was like, oh my God, this is exactly how people are cute, eh? in a motel, eh. <laughs> And you know it's the kind where you park your car and you go into yeah, your room. You don't see anybody walking in Vegas. Nobody walks, okay? Yeah. Not um, on the street, yes, but outside of the street, nobody no, walks. Okay. In the US, generally, that's the case, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, how come? Because I was assigned a room far from the reception, and mm. it was all the way through the courtyard of the entire motel. Okay. So you know, in between the buildings, you have the staircase that mm. goes up. So you have a walkway. Mm. Then the staircase, right? Mm. So that's the corner where people can look and attack you. Wow. So I get very panicky when I walk that long hallway, right? This is why people scare themselves, okay? I love scaring myself. <laughs> what else would I be doing in my time if I don't scare myself? Right? So I was I like, oh my god, I need to like slow down or like not wear headphones. Check, check your blind spot. Yeah, check. Kind of can't really check myself, but just like be cautious about. Mm. Yeah, then I then it was like, Again, the appropriate attire situation. It was like maybe um fifteen degrees, you know that kind. Mm. Not winter, but shit. Not Vegas is always like windy lah. Yeah. So you wear a trench coat and then you wear like formal attire and stuff like that. So my job was to go to do research at the show. So pre setup during during the setup days of the trade show, I would go and see how who are the big customers mm. and who is building the booth for them and go and talk to the agency that is building the booth for them and say hey. We are from Singapore and we have Dubai in Singapore, you know, if you want to, if you have jobs outside of the region, we can help you with the setup and everything, right? Mm-hmm. So go and talk to these white people and then this small little Asian, not small, but this Asian girl going around, you know, in jeans and a trench coat. Then nobody cared about me because it was setup day, right? everybody was busy then. I was in their attire. But then people still, as I crossed the motel and the streets, people still smile at me and, and like say, ask me, how are you? Then I was like, how come US people so friendly one? Uh? <laughs> that was very puzzled for a few days. Okay. But then that few days, right? That's consecutive, almost one week. Every day I wear the same trench coat. Okay. But I go out at a different time of the day. Okay. Yeah, so when the show started, then I'll go, like, I wear my business attire and my heels and everything. Mm. Then people start noticing you. Actually, it's the same guy that you spoke to two days ago. <laughs> but he didn't, like, you never make up, then he never, like, you know. You don't to register you. that you're the ah, same person. Correct. So I went back to talk to the guy, did my job, you know, everything, mm. do my research. Then I uh, went shopping one of the days, like, then meet a Korean customer there and then, mm. you know, have a meal with a Korean customer, chit chat. Then I went back. And then when I came back to Singapore, just chance upon a documentary on um, the Las Vegas mall community. They, have, they stay in the drains. Uh-huh. Yeah. So there are people staying in the, the big, okay. big monsoon drain of Las Vegas. Then I slowly realized that I think these people think that I am a hooker. 
<laughs> like a car girl. Because I first I stay at a motel. Yeah. Only people with illicit business stay at the motel lah. Or they are driving past Vegas then you know what I mean? Okay. Then this girl come out different outfit, different different uh makeup, said different time of the it's day. Like same Montana. Correct, it's same so outfit. Nice. Like the black trench coat but different like she doesn't sometimes look business, sometimes she don't. Uh. Yeah, and then she walks, she doesn't drive. You know, mm. it's just all very suspicious. <laughs> Then I realized that all oh, people were saying hi to me because they thought I was a hooker. <laughs> because I, besides, really very suspicious, besides just going to the trade show mm. site, mm. maybe that's the area where things happen also, like solicitation happen. I don't okay. know, like, I never see anything. Then, uh, and the disappearing time of the day, right? Mm. Yeah. And I also bought, like, I went to the gas station because I can only walk, right? Yeah. I went to the gas station to get water, to get, like, food and everything. So it's even more suspicious because who the hell goes to Vegas, carry, like, water from the gas station back and then just go and sit in her room, like, she just keep going in and out at different timings. So it's just, like, all very suspicious altogether, lah. <laughs> so I think they were just trying to figure out, like, what is this girl doing? How come? And then I remember some days I also see other girls smiling at me. Then I was like, what's going on? <laughs> But so this, is, this is what you assume lah. Maybe they just think that oh, one Asian girl there, that's it. Which is also very strange. She's the only Asian person there. Okay, but you're trying to save money for your company, why? Yeah, so but you get what I mean. Like all put but together so to the to the US guys, like like why? to the front desk is like, who huh? are you? Yeah, what are you doing here? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and nobody say anything about being not safe or hit on me or anything like that. Cause thank God I wasn't wearing anything that's too out of the right, but. It all started to make sense after I leave the... The place. Okay, at yeah. least it's after you leave the place. Not yeah, had I watched the commentary before I go to the place, you will be I like, probably won't go, right? Yeah, you probably will be like, what the hell, I'm leaving this place Exactly, now. the more you know. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. It's okay. memorable, but it wasn't a bad experience. Mm. Yeah. And then yourself? My most memorable... Did you get mistaken as a hooker? As well? No, no. <laughs> I, I have a lot of uh, interesting business trips, but I think the most memorable one was... Let me think. Okay, I think the most memorable destination would definitely be Cape Town, mm. which I went earlier this year. Mm. And it was memorable because that's like the, one of the furthest destinations I've been to. Yeah. And obviously before leading up to the, um, to the inspection in January of this year, there was a lot of uh, misunderstanding of like how that city is like because it's South Africa, you know? When yeah. people associate with Africa, people always think about it. Every, like Everyone is like on the street begging and things like that. But when I, obviously, I went there a little bit scared of my own security uh, because technically it's still not the safest place. Yeah, so Cape Town, when I arrived, I remember coming out from the airport and I saw Table Mountain and I was just like amazed by it. Yeah, and but Cape Town is kind of like the rich side of it South is, Africa. But of course there's like townships that's around the area that uh, my local partner will not recommend anybody to go there unless you are local. Mm. And it's... I would say it's memorable because from what I perceive the place to be and what the reality is there is really opposite. Yeah. And I think the happiest part of it is like the delegates that were there with me, they really enjoyed themselves and the programs that we have prepared. So that was like one of the most memorable um, destinations, I would say. But mm. my memorable encounter, which is the one that we tried to share the last time, but I didn't really go into details, was uh, four or five years back when I was doing an event in Bangkok. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that golfing situation. Ooh. So this particular client always loved golfing as an option for optional tours. 
So then the day before the optional tours was the gala dinner. So we finished dinner very late, like 11pm, 12 midnight, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I had to wake up at 4am. To go, 4 a.m. to go to, to, the, go golf to the golf course because the golf course like is located like an hour or another half hours away from Bangkok itself. Ooh. Okay. So me being I'm a very cranky already because like not enough sleep, right? Huh. And I didn't introduce myself to the local partners that were uh, with me. So there was this situation where I had to make decisions um in terms of the minimum spend or like how much spending they can do for the food and drinks there. Mm. So when I when I told the local partner that was with me, because they don't know who am I, and mm. I didn't introduce myself, right? Mm. And they keep saying that, okay, let me check, let me check. Keep saying, let me check, okay? <laughs> and then you know who they check with or not, which is their boss, who happens to be the direct contact that contacts me for decisions. <laughs> so, they go to, like, for example, they will say that, oh, uh, we have really over budget by, say, 2,500 baht. To me, it's like, it's fine lah. I say, proceed. I say, proceed to them. I say, um, uh, cannot. Let me check with my boss. <laughs> so they will call the boss. The, the boss, boss will, will call, call me, and I say proceed. And then the boss will call them back, and then they went to do the thing. To a point where I was so angry at them. I say, can you just listen to my instructions? Cause I will make a decision here. <laughs> that was like one of the most translate English to Thai, Thai yeah, to English, I'm English to like, Thai again. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, I cannot deal with it. Mm-hmm. And I remember very clearly there was this particular incident. So there was this um delegate that needs to leave from the golf course to the airport. Mm. So I remember specifically this person's name and the departure time. So I wanted to verify with the person, the the local partner that was with me. And then she say, no, 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 it's wrong. Eh? I look at her, I say, no, I am right. I am very 100% sure that I'm right. You know what she tell me? Let me check. <laughs> So How many they times through, did she check? Yeah, so they it's went okay. through the whole process again and came back. And then after that, to I confirm that to you're confirm right. To confirm I am right. When I am right, because the <laughs> person that they're checking with checks with me. Oh my god. Who gets the same instructions. Let me there. check. <laughs> so that incident made me very irritated because it. I woke up at 3am to go to the golf course, the bus departs at 4. So can you imagine I was really lack of sleep? And then these people are not <laughs> cooperating with me. And let me check. So when I came back, I remember like, I think maybe 2 to 2 or 3 o'clock back to the hotel. My colleague saw me say, Hi Meishan, how are you? I was like, do not engage with me at this moment. <laughs> I just can't. Let me check. <laughs> let me <laughs> Yeah, that was the most memorable. I think it's just like language barrier or like I should have just introduced myself right from the start to say that any decisions come to me. me. Yeah, check with me. Don't check with me. Exactly. Oh my god. That Don't was, let me that check. That was hilarious. Poor Thai people traumatized early I in the know. morning by Mishan. That's why. <sighs> but that's not the worst experience you had, right? No. I think the worst experience I had, to be honest, most of my work trips were okay. It's just sometimes like we we have to work with the right local partners in order to get things done. So recently, I just came back from Japan and Japan is a market that is not the easiest to mm. work with because they have their own sets of work culture and things that we need to abide for. But of course, we, the audience that I am dealing with is more of an international audience. They are well-traveled. So certain things that can be done in um, other countries, they would expect the same in any other country. Yeah, which but in Japan... To a certain fly. extent, we should respect each country's um, cultures and things and yeah. you know, whatsoever. But of course, as an events person, you try your best to accommodate. Consistent experience. Correct. Mm. So, we, I was, for this particular trip, the lead time was very short. 
So I didn't do any site inspection. And even and the destination is in Osaka. I actually just came back from Osaka uh, in January of this year because I went for my own personal trip. But obviously when you go on travel, you don't remember how the airport looked like. Yeah. Or like, you know, the little details because you're just there for fun, right? So a lot of times it's like, the language barrier is one thing. Like trying to ask, um, like say my local partner, to, to go and check like the distance because I give him all the different touch points that I want because that's what the expectations of the client is like mm. and sometimes it doesn't translate to what is being sent back so it frustrates me and gives me a lot of anxiety so just now when Joyce was talking about like sometimes we need to like overpack ourselves and yeah. things like that right so for that trip I really overpack myself although in Japan in general you can get anything yeah. but I really pack so much that in case like everything it's a lot is just, just in case, case yeah. yeah so it becomes like at, it added on unnecessary stress to me mm. um, because I think I just couldn't accept how their work culture is like. Yeah. Yeah, like for example, for the hotels, getting complimentary rooms is not something very common. Oh, really? Mm. Or like upgrades and stuff like that. So I, there was a lot of long conversations with um, the hotel in order to get certain things done. But mm-hmm. obviously, like after a few conversations, they still managed to compromise to our needs. Um, but there's one that I just couldn't understand was... Um, we negotiated for the meeting package. Yeah. So usually meeting package comes like if you if I mean if you've been to events, right? You assume that once you go into the room, so when you go into the room, you expect like there is like the projectors and everything that yeah, is part of the up. package, yeah. right? But because we negotiated down the price, so I only have the room. Eh? Just the room? Yeah. Nothing else? So anything that is uh I need audio visual, it has to be a separate charge. Wow. That But Australia is also like that, right? But at least you tell me upfront. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah. yeah, so because of that, and of course budget was obviously an issue, and in Japan, a lot of things, um, it's expensive. Yeah, they charge line item by line item. Yes, and I was also trying to see if there's any way for me to lower down costs for the clients. It's not a country for you to lower down costs. Exactly, so a lot of times like it ended up me having stress over very, very small things. So yeah. I think that wasn't a very nice experience, but now, since I have experience working with the Japan market already, I think if I have another event in Japan, I would probably... Kids up. Yeah, do it a little bit differently. Yeah. yeah, do it differently and a bit more cautious, lah, I guess. What about you? What's but the that's, worst? that's not the, the worst of the worst. Lah. You still manage no, to la, meet still managed expectations. To, yeah, la. everything still went well. Like, yeah. I really think... I remember I prayed very hard leading up to the event just to make sure that every touch point that the guests were in, at least they get the maximum experience and they enjoy. And yeah. I think the feedback that came back after that, I was very surprised because everybody really enjoyed themselves. Oh, so okay. I really like pat on my shoulders and obviously the, the team But the anxiety is just not worth the it. The anxiety is not worth it because if my local partner has given me a little bit more confidence that things can be done there, right, I probably will enjoy myself better when I'm there. Running the yeah, but I mean places like Japan, um, high cost countries like mm. Australia, you rather fly in your own photographer and videographer Correct. because it's just simply not possible to find somebody that can understand the brief. Mm. I think for me, that was what created the experience. So like, in Australia, we had one of the landmark um, wins for the amount of trade show booth that we would have done in one single trade show. I would say in that single trade show, we had about 30% of the market share, mm-hmm. which means, which translates to um, many big brands like ExxonMobil, mm. uh, the Qatarians, mm. the Spanish. So we had, um, of course, three different groups of customers to serve and mm. everything. That's my job, right? As a business development marketing person to go and service the client there. Uh, my job was not to bring in the, settle the logistics or project manage or bring in any 
uh, manpower to help in this. But because of unforeseen labor circumstances, labor law circumstances mm. in Australia, they are very strict when it comes to flying in manpower to do labor work mm. or any work at all. And Australian labor is like technically quite expensive. Correct. So. so there are proper ways to do this when you for a trade show. Yeah. Right. The the organizer will give us forms and letters to say that you know we've been. We are official, the the contractor for this and blah, blah, blah. So they will let us go through the phone interview and all this for safety briefing and everything. But despite going through that for maybe a month, mm. like they call, they really do call and check on you and your safety knowledge and everything and bring in a hard hat and the shoes and everything when you're on site. Um, they still manage to deny and send back like almost two flights worth of um, resource manpower that are even other agencies and ourselves send in. I remember uh, oh my yeah. god now that you say I remember this incident so we had to scramble to bring in resources yeah. and mind you the it's Asian contractors yeah. contributing to the trade show is more than 50% more than mm. 60% so it's the same right as a show organiser if none of your stands are ready mm. you can't do the opening ceremony exactly so they also will panic right yeah. and they also try and see from an organiser standpoint how mm. can they help mm. and for some reason um during this whole thing, um, the the Perth Airport Union decided to go on strike. Yeah, I so that gives us a little bit of hope when it yeah. comes to bringing in the new batch of uh, people, con- uh, workers. Yeah. That we still have to hire local for some of the role, like mm. electrician and and uh, painter. Mm. But the fact is, they don't have enough skilled labor or cheap enough skilled labor for us to hire there. Mm. The fact that we, why we can win thirty percent of the the booth that were exhibiting from different green. parts of yeah. the world was because the the cost there was simply too expensive. Yeah. Can you imagine the painter that did freelance work for us earn maybe seven to eight thousand dollars that weekend? Although it's ten hour but work still... day. Can you imagine how much yeah, they are? Correct. They're double on weekend mm. for f- what? Uh sixteen hours of work. They are paid a few hundred dollars an hour eh, mm. just to paint eh. And we had an electrician that thought that he could do the work, but in the end ran away without finishing because he knew he cannot do it. My God. So then we have to scramble for another that electrician mean. to do the main, the main uh, DB power, yeah. the power planning yeah. of the entire set, setup. Oh so God. the organizer really was up to their eyeballs. This was a maybe five day setup. Mm. We ended up wasting one day, so we have to end up doing overnight work because of this delay. Yeah. And all of us had to like facilitate the bring manpower into the proper process so that we don't get kicked out again. Mm. And this was just a fucking nightmare. Because there was so much at stake, you know? Yeah. There was so much at stake. And um up till the night before the mm. opening ceremony, you can see there are still people who are not done. Mm. By not done I mean it's a two story booth. You can see the stairs from wherever you're standing. Oh my god. There were no walls between the staircase and the mm. downstairs and the upstairs. That was how bad it was. And because of that, people get penalized because you don't finish on time. Yeah, but technically the circumstances is not really yeah. your fault, and you know. You as a contractor you don't get paid. Yeah. The brands get penalized. It doesn't look good on anybody on mm. any account. But considering the circumstance, what gives whose fault is it, right? True. So in this 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 uh high stress, high anxiety environment type of work, mm. this is the worst situation anybody can be. Because mm. all the workers that came in, uh, they were brought in last minute. Literally, they finish one show, they, they put on a plane and they go. They don't have anything in their backpacks. They don't have 
it's not winter exactly, but it's not exactly warm. Mm. Then we have to go and scramble for for warm clothes for them, mm. and then provide the shoes, the safety equipment for mm. them. Uh, of course, we were put up in a very lousy hotel that you don't even want to go back to. It was long days and long nights for everybody. Yeah. Then for me, who who have to service the customer, it's always um, 8 to... It's almost 8 to 8, I would say. Mm. 8 o'clock, show finish at 5. Go for dinner, drinks. By the time we finish, it's 8, 9 o'clock mm. p.m. Then you go back, rest. The next day, you do the same thing. Mm. I tell you, it's crazy. I can imagine. Yeah, and in between, you're still dealing with the emails and everything that's coming in in yeah. daytime from yeah. Singapore. Because, again, my job was not to... Be there. Yeah, be my eyes yeah. were supposed to have like frames in between to do my work mm. and be less stressed about it. But no, I was just like, this trip was just what done it for me the last oh time. Oh my god. Yeah, it's too much. And you, you in this kind of crisis, you mm. see what your company, your bosses, your peers are like. How to And how tough these people yeah. are and, and whether it's worth staying and stuff like that. So True. It, was a, it was a thing. But oh this God. this was just one example, right? Mm. Another one was um Houston. So mm. for the same trade show, I think it's the same trade show, yeah. The same trade show, this particular oil and gas trade show, it goes around the world. So the next time we did this was Houston. And it was the first time I go to Houston. Mm. Um, Again, the US is not fun. So Houston, to just describe to you how bad it is, is downtown Houston by 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock. You don't see anybody walking, cycling. Mm-hmm. Uh, although you don't see homeless people around homeless people are usually under the, the shelter which is under the highway or whatever but um, the chances of getting marked is very very high so high that there is no um, shops open even the gas station mm, at 10pm they are closed they oh don't sell God. anything okay. the gas station is all um, electronic so ATM and gas station are all cut there is no teller nobody mm, contactless uh. Uh, it's all contactless it's mm. all just use your credit card plug your credit card in that kind that is how you can tell whether a city is safe or not. Okay. Because everybody is so afraid of getting marked. Mm. So afraid of getting robbed and nobody such that nobody walks along the street. Oh my god. Yeah, it's that kind of situation where you sit in your car, you don't lock your door, potentially somebody might kind of rob you. That <sighs> so that is the kind of vibe that you already can tell. It's downtown eh, at mm. 10 o'clock eh, on a weekday. Eh. Mm. And there's no not a single soul. Eh. So that trip, um, it was a long one because go for the show um, did the work and everything right uh, service the customers again then uh, go for dinner not so much because this time it's a bit more mm. expensive we have to drive them around so it's uh, the team and I we have to drive them around send them back um, it was scary because uh, for some reason we are in the convention center where it's a lower like it, it, it's a center part of the city but it's lower mm-hmm. so when it rains the flood water goes to the towards the middle of the city. So this oh this God. convention center is next to the stadium where okay. the football games are. Mm-hmm. So that weekend there was a football game. Then subsequent day it started raining. Okay. So a lot of people were on the last day of the trade show was trapped, uh, in the convention center because it was flooding. Oh shit! It was knee deep flood, and there were a lot of flash flood warnings. So for myself, that last day of the trade show. Uh, I was already off work. I mm-hmm. said goodbye at about noon time. My f- colleague sent me back. It was already raining. Um, we packed. I packed my food and I go back to the to the Airbnb. Then um, in the Airbnb, I was just watching TV lah, mm. eating dinner because I'm really off work ma. Mm. Then they were still at the trade show wrapping up. Um, I remember for the first time in my life, I felt super afraid because you know that situation where you see on TV. Suddenly, your 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 whatever you're watching get disrupted into a flash flood oh warning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing just started 
blasting like bad 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 and then the the warning came out in like um spanish and english and mm. saying that a uh, flash flood warning mm. is going to happen so it when you watch the show like maybe half and every half an hour it comes reminder, out is that yeah. bad and then you your cellular service will come out like flash flood warning mm. as well so this is the first time i'm experiencing this and i was alone in the house i was like oh my god what's going on i was so scared you know <laughs> then my colleagues were there and, and i heard they were all stuck there to the, the show maybe ended at five four or five mm. and they were all stuck till about seven plus oh my god that's yeah terrible. yeah and then i had a bunch of hostesses that i hired uh, about seven eight of them there as well so they, i was asking are you all okay and everything do you need a lift or whatever mm. so uh i was like getting live live feedback from the people like, over there to make sure all these hostesses that I hired were, were safe. Then that morning, I was awful because that morning, uh, the day after I was, the day, the next day directly I was on leave mm. to go and visit my cousin in Vancouver. So I have to fly from Houston to Seattle and then from Seattle, I take a bus to Vancouver, something like that. We met at Seattle or something. Then um, I had to take, that was uh, by the time that flashback warning thing was 7 at night, I went to bed, right? I have to wake up at 3 or 4 to pack up and go to the mm. airport. So, I didn't realise. I realised this when we first got to the Airbnb. Yeah. It was dark outside. Oh my god. There's no street light. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, I think to Singaporean it's a very big deal because our streets are very well lit. Yeah, true. The neighbourhood that we're in is not shabby. Mm. Like, it's those long corridor, a lot of apartment. You walk through a very long place. Like, mm. the whole apartment looks... Everybody looks the same, but generally, um, in Houston, that's the case. On the US, it's the case for like not non tier one city, and there was just no light. It's just parking lot, very scary. Mm-hmm. Then at four a.m., I have to leave the house, right? So I was alone with like two bags, and then I was trying to get out of the apartment quietly, go through that long scary corridor to the exit. It was raining slightly. I was like on the line. I wanted I needed somebody to keep me calm so I was texting someone and say can you please stay on the line in case mm. I need to call you or anything then luckily the time difference right so somebody was on the line I think my cousin was on the line or something mm. then um, I was waiting for my Uber okay with my bag I was standing at the gate right waiting mm. for her to come and roll out it's a lady somewhere so near at least 2-3 minutes away there I go out because it was pitch dark outside so scary I cannot it's remember. the kind where you can vaguely see the houses but if you like look far enough you cannot see anything mm. so i was going outside and i was like this is prime time to get robbed eh. or like get marked yeah seriously but honestly i think the robbers won't be so hardworking at four o'clock in the morning, <laughs> huh? they probably mark you at midnight or something like that okay they really got to bait basically yeah so i was just standing by the curb waiting for the uber to roll up then she finally did and it was a girl i felt better mm. got on the car and everything then he said oh she said sorry for the delay there was a fire before i came in and it was behind a fire station uh, behind a sorry behind a petrol kiosk what the heck i was like oh my god we need i was like asking oh, what's going on why is there a commotion suddenly like there was like fire engine and mm. there was a fire behind a petrol can you imagine the blast if anything yeah, happened it's gonna be i was so already on the way out yeah. so i was so glad i was out this is not the end of it so when i came back to take the flight from houston back like seattle houston back to back to singapore Iconic. It was flooding again. <laughs> it was fucking raining. Okay, so first I landed back in Houston at mm. like midnight. Yeah. So the whole trip when I started planning, I was I I said 
I was asking everybody that I know who has been to Houston, I think it's safe to be alone at midnight outside. Mm. Then they were like, nah. Then after I experienced the first day myself, I also think that one week before nah. I depart, nah. <laughs> so I told the Airbnb host, I said, can you, the return late one, I said, can you come and on a light or come out and pick me because I'm alone, I'm a girl, blah, blah, blah. Someone I booked an Airbnb that was just off the highway mm. near the airport. Never respond eh. So I cancelled my Airbnb and booked a proper hotel. Yeah, Just to be safe ah. So I went to the hotel. I was like maybe nine. Mm-hmm. Near, oh sorry, near midnight, right? Nothing to eat. Oh my god. Hotel, the budget, like the normal holiday inn that kind. Yeah. They don't have room service. Room yeah. service closes at nine, ten. Yeah. So you gotta go out again. Mm-hmm. Again, don't drive right. Mm-hmm. You want me to walk across the parking lot to go to the, the no fast food joint and walk back? You want me to die faster, <laughs> right? Then you had uh, maybe Uber Eats or whatever. Mm. That, that time I still there's still Uber Eats yet. Then um, the, I know there's this app called DoorDash. Mm. I tried downloading DoorDash, kind of work. So I told the, the front desk. The front desk is also very drama. She, she was behind a two tier glass. Okay. So wow, scared really of getting so scared, Talking to me through a hole. Eh. Okay. Then I said, can you maybe order DoorDash for me? Um, then cash, I will la. pay you in cash, I will tip you. Mm. And then send it up to my room. Like, I give you the money now, then send it up to my room when it's ready. Oh no, I have to come and pick up. Whatever lah. They don't do like, they, they are very scared of getting marked as, as always. So, I managed to find food. She helped me, thank God for her, you know, tipped her everything. Had that for breakfast as well. Then only went out um, when my it's time for me to go. And and when I called for the cat, it wasn't raining. It started raining again. <laughs> Oh my god. And What's then the when, the, when the guy came, I was like, wow, this car got janky, ah. mm. some black guy. Ah. Then I was like, little bit cautious. And then he told me, uh, ma'am, actually I don't pick up people when it's raining. It's not very safe. Okay. Yeah, like, by, by, that, by that, he means that we cannot find the exit. Like, the exit was flooded on the highway. You cannot see the divider. Then he almost missed the exit to the airport. Oh my god. Yeah, that's, it. that's why I don't, you know, crash like people man, when yeah. it's raining because he stone because he can't see that. Mm. So during that Houston trip, there were a few instances when we went for outlet, when we mm. went to send our customer back. We cannot see the divider. That's very dangerous. Eh? Yeah, because the lighting was so bad even on the highway. You know, you, you, you know that kind of scene when you imagine in the US, you see a cable and then yeah. you see the traffic light yeah. hanging on it and the traffic light was moving, moving. when the wind blow. Yeah. <laughs> that is the experience of Houston. Oh my god. I know. So I have so wholesome experience. I feel like that trip I have died many times. Yeah, really. For some reason I didn't and die. The amount of floods that they have there. It was flash flood. It was like once it's in a lifetime crazy. or like once in a century and I actually get it. Well at least it's not hurricane season, yeah, okay? Yeah, yeah. Hurricane because is scary. That one is different already. So like there is a whole hurricane season and a hurricane window between July to September or October, which is now, mm-hmm. you see a lot of hurricane happening. That one is don't go to Florida, don't go to, you know, along the, the coastal area. Uh, Mexico, don't yeah. go. To oh my god. Houston was next level. Not fun. This is really like memorable experience. The Mid-South. Eh? Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And then have like fried catfish at 8am <laughs> in the morning at the airport because never eat before. Fried, cat, fried catfish and grits. Oh Grits is like oatmeal cooked into like mashed potato. Oh my god. Yeah, I know. 
it, it was a it was a thing though. Okay. Like a whole a whole thing. Now I want to share my experience is just like, oh my god, yours is like basic vision. <laughs> no, but this is different, man. This is like this is personal really travel, like, man. Mm. Half of it is personal. If I never go to Seattle to see my cousin, I, I'm with my colleague the whole time. Then you should be I okay. wouldn't be so afraid. Yeah, that's Because the guys don't seem to be very afraid. Or they were, but they never say anything. No, the driver was kind of afraid, I can tell. Because the road it's dangerous cannot see. Yeah, yeah. It's really dangerous. Eh. Correct. So, yeah. What is it? My life depended on so many people. The driver, <laughs> every, all the drivers. The receptionist to get you food. Yeah. Oh my god. I know. I cannot. And eh. the whole time in the return lake um, hotel, mm. did not see a single soul. Oh my god. Yeah. They probably just didn't go out. I don't know. All all other door dash. I just like, I just fucking scared. I just want to sleep and faster eat and go. I don't want to stay here any longer. But that's the thing. A lot of people did ask me like, do I extend my stay when I do business yeah. travel? Well, the answer is it really depends on where and who I am with or like yes. if I have window of, like, periods that I can do that. Yes. That's the that's the consideration now. But but it's a lot of shit to carry. A lot, because we yeah. bring a lot of event stuff when yeah. we travel to We have a standard itself. kit that we bring, right? Yeah, yeah same. But it really depends, la, like, the upcoming, one of the upcoming trips I am extending because I am flying so far. And might I think, well, right? yeah, I might as well just stay there for a couple and more days. And whether it's the right time to extend, whether you're busy or not. Correct. That's the, That's the main, That's main a lot reason. Of cons- yeah, so yeah, I've done consider quite a bit. But yeah. I also do have, like, um, colleagues that, you know, after they extend, they get their family members in. To, so do you to, think that are the perks of work travel? I think so, in a way or another, but at the same time, book travel, like you mentioned earlier, we have other things that we need to do back home. We're still online Correct. at night. So in the States, if we are there, we will check our emails late at night after yeah. we finish everything. And if you have a strong team support back home, right, it will be easier la, that they can help you to juggle your stuff before but some, you... some things are specifically you Agreed. have to settle. Yeah. And for us marketing people, we are always planning ahead. So mm. if I'm here doing October, like now I'm planning for October stuff, when I'm doing October, I'm planning November stuff. Mm. So it's just a series of planning work while you're away and True. like trusting yourself not to forget mm. any details or anything Correct. in between. And mm. of course the standard meetings all have to be either postponed. So when you come back, you have even more things to do because mm. you miss out one week of catch-ups and Correct. progress of everything. Correct. Then... Yeah, it's just hell like, basically before and after. Mm. During before and after is just Crazy, all not fun. Yeah. Unless everybody is with you, then it's fine. Mm. Yeah. So I have one that I had to... Okay, so I have back-to-back events then. That was a couple of years back. So I remember that particular event, we are flying out to Lijiang. Mm. And there's no direct flight from Singapore, so we had to transit in Kunming or, and some other places. Like. But it was very special on that, that particular trip was because um, the group is very big. So we couldn't have all the people on the same transit flight. Mm. So we have to split the group into two. Mm. So meaning splitting the group into two means I have to be at the airport twice. twice. Yeah. So one is at 2 or 3 a.m. in the morning because I had to pass them the Wi-Fi device that was part of the whole uh, event thing that we were supposed to do for them. Go back. Um, I went to my uncle's place to stay because he stayed near to the airport. And then I'll be back in the afternoon for my own flight to Lijiang to meet with my colleague. So why is it memorable? Because uh, one hour before my flight, I have a great event, right? The other event that is happening the week after, the client called me to say that um, this particular thing is cancelled. Mm-hmm. Like three days before. And then three days later, which is the day that I'm supposed to fly, one hour before my flight, he said, oh, we need to reinstate everything. Huh? And can you please go and get it done? That was the statement that was given to me. Then I was just like... Get it done? Yeah. 
probably with, not there. With that like, one hour of window before I had to take my flight to Lijiang, I have to call every single supplier that I've declined because they say cancel ma. Yeah. To tell them that sorry, it's really bad. Yeah. And the way that the client put it across to me, there was no like, can you please help me get it done? It's just get it done. Get it done. So yeah. obviously like, I was really like of sleep because <laughs> I woke up in the middle of the night just to send off the first batch of clients, right? So within that one hour, I called everybody that I could, send all the text messages that I could and then called my team in Singapore to let them know that the thing has been reinstated. I need somebody to make sure that all these things are put through. Yeah. I sent all the emails I needed to before I bought my flight. One hour. Yeah, one hour. So I went to the airport, took the flight and because there was a like a long transit in, I think it was in Kunming or somewhere. And by the time I reached Li Jiang, it was, I remember very clearly, it was 11.30pm. I took out my phone, there was like a series of messages and shit that was happening. And then next day I wake up at 7am for the whole program of that particular event that's happening in Li Jiang. Then at the same time, every time, every night when I go back to the secretariat room, we usually have like an office for us to put our stuff and I, you know, do debriefs and things like that. I have to clear the work in Singapore. And I have never, and during that period, that was the time that my eczema came back and I had to see a specialist. And I was just like, oh my god, I cannot believe this is happening to me. Yeah, but that's the thing, right? You Mm. see, you have the perks, the fun, the the mileage points, the hotel, the whatever points. Bring your family, you know, extend the trip. It's all fun and games until peak period like this that you have to slave. The every transit that we have to catch, we are anxious because if we miss the fucking transit, we have to call someone. We have to delay everything. Yeah, like like there is this back to back where you touch down, you have to go for this damn thing or go back to the office or you have this thing waiting for you, you this Mm. important meeting. There's so much anxiety in between. There is a lot. Leg. Yeah. Especially when you have to go and collect your luggage out and check in again. Yeah, that I was what you, happened in Kunming. This is the <laughs> the amount of flights that I took that Houston trip was a check in, check out. I was like at the end of the whole thing. Yeah. Because Houston flight to Singapore is fourteen hours direct or fifteen mm. hours direct. It's one of the longest flights. Um I had to I was just down I was just sleeping the whole time. For sure, it's so tiring. Uh, window seat. And I was just, then until the lady next to me was like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm just very tired. This mm. is like the ninth flight I've took this entire trip already. <laughs> it's insane. I've, yeah. I've enough practice to knock out every leg. Mm. The before I take off, I already knock yeah, out. Same. Yeah. So I have this new skill, not new skill. I mean, I can You always have this skill. Yeah. I really just, the Pass moment... Out. The moment I finish uh, setting up my gear for the flight, yeah. um, I will be asleep. And then every time everybody will be just tapping me. Uh, would you like to eat? Yes. Mm. Uh, there, I remember this, the trip I just came back from Osaka, I literally side-eyed the cabin crew. Why? You don't eat? <laughs> Un- unintentionally, because I was very exhausted. Okay. And then I'm just like, why? <laughs> uh, would you like to have your meal now? Okay. <laughs> but, we, but we also very good. We, like the, the eye shades are just... Yes. Pull up, right? Eat already, watch something, and, go back and then sleep. close, fall back yeah. asleep. That's, that's my usual routine. Correct. And I love taking the owl seat, so too bad to the people sitting next you to me. You need pee? They too bad. Hold your pee. Hold your pee. <laughs> or when I pee, you go with me. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I mean, like, it's, sometimes it's really, it's tough. Like, when I think about all this, the, the experience that I had for that period when I was doing back-to-back events, yeah. there was another one that on, happened right before the pandemic lockdown so I was mm. in Yangon for a week or eight days and then my flight was delayed in mm. Yangon I was supposed to come back to Singapore to stay for one night before I fly out to mm. Hong Kong transiting to Macau mm. but because my 
flight in Yangon was delayed. I arrived in Singapore at 2.30am. Mm. I was back at the airport at 5am oh to my take God. my flight <laughs> to Hong Kong and then take another like 45 minutes of the ride to Macau to meet my colleagues. So by the time my colleagues saw me, right, my face was like, I, can't, I just <laughs> I can't, can't. I just can't. So they sent me up to... So luckily for the event that was happening in Macau, my role wasn't that big. Yeah. I just needed to be in the conference room, whatever, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it was okay. But I fell sick. Because Ooh. of the yeah, yeah. the, the rush and the right? no sleep. Yeah, but I will I will sleep for only one and a half days, and then I transferred my sickness to my colleague oh my who was sleeping God. in the same room as me. That's horrible. <laughs> and then I remember two days. That was uh, we came back. I think on the day of Chinese New Year or the day before. I can't remember, but that was the time where the first two cases of COVID happened in Macau. Oh dear. And then we were really like checking the. To see whether we are able to um, catch earlier flight back, and because during that same period of time, there are some other countries that really closed up their borders. Oh my god! Yeah, so it was very nerve wracking, and um, that was really right before Singapore lockdown. Mm. Yeah, but so the, those are the. But now, when we were experiencing that, it wasn't like all fun and funny. But now, when you think back, it's just like oh my god. Yeah, but I think the part of this work travel takeaways that mm. really you ask yourself what's the worst that can happen. Because there's so many turbulence, so many situations that could you, you know, could have you could have died. Like I feel like because of this mm. work travel, whatever, right? Or yeah. you, the experiences you put yourself through, you kind of really live your life. Like yes. actually, yeah. you have things really put yourself in the what's the worst that can happen situation. Because there's colleagues who have experienced like you know um the there was the whole whole um, army situation in Thailand. Remember the, the, yeah, there was a period. the tank going down yeah, the street? Yeah, yeah. The they were having thing. an event along that street and they have to transport all their their delegates to another hotel to that is not there. yes. Yeah. They had to reroute the, the army over. So like from Marriott to Hyatt, that kind of thing. And everybody have they have to call each other and the, the hotel have to coordinate and move everything over. That was like really what's the worst that can happen. Yeah. You know? There were so many of these kind of stories of people who are in like marketing and mm. and hospitality roles like yourselves. So I recently learned a phrase, uh, a new phrase called tier two experience. Tier two experience. Yeah, mm-hmm. tier two experience means the there and then that you experience this thing. But this is the worst. This is the shittiest yeah. thing that can yeah. ever happen. But after that, you think to yourself, actually, I will do this all over again. Yeah, you know, <laughs> actually, this is true. a tier two experience. It's the worst at that point because it's not fun when you are in that yeah, process. Yeah, but when you think about it at the end of the day, you still tell, you still think to yourself, but I will do it all over again in a heartbeat. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? I agree. Uh, as shitty as it would be, as, as bad as it mm. was at that time, you had this tier 2 experience. Because if you don't have this kind of experience, you probably don't remember a lot of work travels. And then you put yourself through a ringer, right? Mm. And test your ability as a person. Mm. Yeah, then really you start thinking like, actually what else that can happen? Yeah. Like surprise me, you know what I mean? Because in our head, we already start thinking like, what's the worst thing? Like this, 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 yeah, this, this, right? True. And then we started at the transit already thinking to myself, okay, later I run this way, that way. Yeah, we always have a plan. Yes, like I will <laughs> land in China, then I'm like, okay, I'll run this, I'll run there. Okay, then, then, okay, if the flight really can't make it, never mind. I'll ah, my correct. I will cry at the transit counter or something. Like that. <laughs> you know, I've done that before, so I'm not proud of it. But, yeah. but I have to get on that flight, right? Yeah. So, yeah, those are those. And then you're like, oh, I have travel insurance and blah, 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 right? Mm. So, do you have any tips for work travel, people new to work travel or people who are just traveling? I think just pack. Overpack is fine. I always bring extra 
like two or three pieces of clothing. Mm. You will never know how sweaty you are there or like how cold is the place is. Yeah. Always bring along a cardigan or a jacket along with you. Okay. That's what I usually do. And then a lot of things like skincare or this, no, you bring so much. Right? If, and if, if you, you have, have time, time to sleep, very good. Really. Yeah, yeah, just go there and buy if you really don't have Ah, because the climate okay. is also different. Yeah. Whatever you work, you works here doesn't may not work there. Correct. And if anything, just buy at the airport, can already. Uh, packing wise, my advice to you is to always have slippers in your bag. Yes. Uh, Bedroom slippers as well. Ah, uh, if no, just whatever slipper la, things that you can wear in the hotel, just mm. in case the hotel is very dirty, right? Don't let your feet touch the ground. Or mm. like in the US, they don't provide. Yeah, there's sleeper. a lot of places. Also yeah, there. so if you're traveling to the US, uh, bring your own kettle because they don't. They don't provide. Also? They oh, don't I provide. didn't know that. Rental of kettle US. in the okay. US, hot water flask kettle, is like eighty dollars a day. What the heck? So bring your own kettle. Make sure it's a uh, multi voltage. Don't like burn the hotel spills. <laughs> then um, what else? Always bring slipper. Always have your toothpaste mm. with you. Yes, I think one of the tips yeah. is. Some give your... toothbrush, never give toothpaste one. Ah, is it? A lot. Okay, but anyway, in... my, my backpack, when those that I carry on, the right, standard set. I will always have like toothbrush, toothpaste, and facial wash inside. Yeah, but and collect, collect the small, small toothpaste yes, yes. with you because that will save your life. Yes. There or really, mouthwash. There are really places that don't provide. Oh, I didn't toothpaste. know. So quite Yes, especially in the States. Europe, okay. they definitely don't. Okay. Yeah, then what else? Are, um, um, I think a lot of things is you need to. You need to know, like for example, if you're going on a work trip, right? Know where where your hotel is. What is nearby? Just do Google Maps. Yeah. So that anything, if you forget to bring, right? Last at least you minute. know where's the nearest like stationary shop, nearest mall, so that you can yeah. get things done. And if you can't do that pre, uh, like before you fly there, once you fly there, you have to Actually, do a recce of the place. Actually, also depends on which hotel you're staying. If it's like a Marriott or Shang or whatever, don't have to worry about so many of the toothpaste and iron kettle yeah. situation. If it's like a never hear before hotel chain then like better bring everything kind, yeah just make yeah, sure cause yeah the kettle there may not be usable for all you know so Correct. depending on how well traveled you are as well like mm. uh snack wise if you are going to europe where there's not easy to get snacks mm. then bring your cup noodles and everything that's true extra food like granola mm. bar here and there because i always bring the oh, and maggie for, tom young yes that's for not sponsored, sponsored by, by maggie and for ladies please bring enough sanitary pads yes You'll be surprised the amount of places in the world that does not sell sanitary pads. For example, all the airports in China do not oh, yeah, I sell this sanitary story. pads. <laughs> Your girl have to go to the the, be- the boutique and beg people to sell me sanitary pads in China. Apparently, it's a no-no item in the 21st century. Okay. So, pack enough. Maybe now it's different now, yeah. I'm not sure about yeah. that. Yeah. And also bring eye masks when you're on board. Oh yes, eye masks and earplugs are And neck rest. Uh, these three are must yeah, have combination. I must have this. If I don't have it, it will be a bad thing. Oh, flight. and post-COVID, I've learned to pick up wearing ma- face yeah. masks on I board. I always wear masks. To make it less dry when you sleep. No. And in case you salivate, people cannot see. I always have. Uh, then people cannot see. Yeah. <laughs> so bring a couple of face masks. This is very common now. Right? Yeah, so just wear it on. So that means you and I are the same on board. La. Yeah, I we have like a patch of black... black. On my and then, the and then another black on the eye mask and people then the ear. Yeah. If I have hoodie, I will cover myself with the hoodie. People might think that we are dead. Who that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was on the flight with my colleague like that. He was like, "How was that?" Next <laughs> to him the whole time. Yeah, my colleague was that? very amazed by how fast I can sleep on the flight. Oh come yeah. on, so easy. They have not even made that I sleep in it. <laughs> no, then people ask me like, 
It's just not got a few turbulence. What yeah. turbulence? Same thing as the A got turbulence, man. <laughs> what turbulence? Yeah, so these are all the tips and tricks okay. that we have. All in all, tier 2 experiences are great. Yeah. So we hope that you enjoyed this light-hearted work travel stories that we have. Yeah, I think there is more we probably have not have time to, to curate. But I'm sure there's more people will ask you like, yeah. let me check. <laughs> yeah, so as always, if you have any feedback, things that you want us to speak about. Or you want to come in as a guest to share your tier 2 experiences. Yeah, so you can reach us at notenoughasian1.5 at gmail.com. Okay, see you, you next time. Goodbye.